Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Welcome back to the Cobracast for the present VP. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty, the Prez Logan. Got my co-host, Ricky Et Dog, VP Etridge. Welcome to the show and welcome back, Et Dog. Mate, 97. 97. We're, we're, we're almost there. We've, we've, uh, we can literally now say that everything besides the 100th episode is recorded. Yep. We're, we've done it, mate. We've... We've flown through 100, raised the bat in three three episodes' time. Uh, well, I'm looking forward to it, mate. I've I've been going back and listening to a few episodes um, over the week just to just drop my memories. If you know, I want to you know, go and speak about a few things that were remembered. And geez, I forgot I forgot a lot of stuff. I forgot a lot of stuff. Mate, probably no more than what I forgot. But so then that's why I've been going back. I'm gonna. I want to you know, run a few things past you when we get on, you know, speak about what was some of our favorite moments, you know, what maybe our favorite nickname that we heard might have been, you know, favorite story about a club, how it was started, just stuff like that. And I was listening to, I don't know who it was, but I think it was um, Kangaroos to Shazberg. Uh, I can't think of who joined us for that one. I've gone blank his name, but. The, uh, the nickname, the nickname was Mickey because he worked at Disneyland. Yep. I'd completely forgot about that and I had a, a good old chuckle to myself and I uh, heard that nickname. I'm like, oh, that is an absolute, absolute rip of a one. So, yeah, you've got to be careful with those nicknames though. They could backfire. They can cost you players sometimes. Yes, as you'll learn next week. And, you know, personally, I just thought it was episode 99. That's the uh, foreshadowing right there. It's a bloody rip of a nickname. Uh, but no, bloke didn't like it. So, but yeah, what so we're, we're not, we're, we're, we're getting close. We're uh, 90, as I said, 97. So 98 will be uh, with the Richmond, Richmond Lions out of Virginia. 99 will be with the Arizona Outlaws. So we're going to have a very strong uh, USAFL end to the year. And then so 100th episode, raise the bat, walk off for a month and then come back and I'm sure we'll be in discussions on how we're going to move forward because I, you know, we've, we've done a lot this year. I felt we need to sort of bring it back a little bit. Um, the fact that you're not going to have the opportunity to sit in front of a computer and edit a million episodes in a weekend, we may need to look at something different to that. But what I'm looking forward to, mate, is next year, we're back to what we, we originally intended this for. The Cobra Cast recap shows the games. Yeah, mate, that's... Can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to to being able to sit here and talk about our our games of footy that we've played over the weekend. And uh, I'm looking forward to. I'm going to bring it up to 100th episode. I reckon he's going to want to do it. It was an idea that was thrown about early days. Was the uh, this, the bear trap segment of the canine right in the canine. I feel that's going to be that should be a big hit for us. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the roaming rifty in the rooms, getting interviews after games, and yeah, uh, we we, we explain we actually explained what we intended to do to the boys from uh, kick to kick, and they were quite blown away by uh, what <laughs> what we're going to do, and it was a bit of a yep, yeah, okay, that is actually a good idea, and we're we're, we're definitely going to go ahead with it because it was, uh, yeah, they sort of made it sound like you know, we're going definitely going down the right path, and. I know podcasts been around for a while, mate, but I do feel like we have influenced quite a few local podcasts that have popped up in the last two to three months. Um, we're innovators. What can we say? Yeah. And I also, Trail, trailblazers. Trailblazers. And one, one thing that I said to a lot of our guests early days was um, we don't want this to be a COVID podcast. We, yep. every, you know, when we started, as microphones were hard to get because everyone wanted to do a podcast. And there's a few podcasts I know that started – just before COVID, as COVID was going and they're no longer around. We can now officially say this is no longer a COVID podcast because we have been, what, 33 days without a COVID case. We're free to do what we want, yet we're still here doing recordings. Yeah, that's it, mate. Like, uh, we had to reschedule some last weekend because we are busy getting together with mates and I was winning oh, the trophy boy, again. There so. it is. I, I knew I forgot something Monday night. How does it feel to be a three-peat? Yeah, three-peat, you know, just just the dynasty, you know. Uh, I can officially say I'm, uh, I've am i had a dynasty now, so yeah. it's all uh, right. And to, to, be, to be fair to everybody that day, though, I feel the competition is getting better for that. Yeah, I, I, mate, I said to the bear trap that um, I was good to see him, you know, stepping up and I didn't have to just beat Dicko uh, again in the fi- final. But once again, mate, you, you, you knew what you were doing. You figured, okay, just finish in the wild card position, knock off Russian, knock off baby maker. We won the easiest group of the day. I'm not going to lie. What I did beat Jolly uh, in that last game, I was a little bit trying to throw me game because I knew that if I had lost that game, I would have made it to the, uh, had the easier easier run to the finals, but it's not in me to throw games. But I would like to mention that uh, you may be the champion, but I did beat both the champion and the runner-up on the day. Yeah, but uh, that's all for nothing. It's all for nothing. You didn't get a trophy and you yeah. didn't win the finals. So, I you know, ended, mad, uh, ended up with a sore head and a messy garage. So. <laughs> that's every Cobra Bowl. But, um, mate, you know. It was good to see some some stepped up and you know lifted their game. Others, not so much. But it, it wasn't the undefeated run into the title like yeah. I had the the tournament before. Well, it um, wasn't for me. Jolly would have gone undefeated until the would done a Patriots and gone undefeated until the Super Bowl or the Cover Bowl. But I brought him down. A, or you can thank me for the win, mate. I put doubt in his mind. I put doubt in his mind after that defensive masterstroke I put on him. Yeah. But before you jump on what you want to talk about, mate, we're we're two weeks in. We're two weeks back in the basketball, mate. Where uh, you got your first taste of it on Thursday night, and how good did it feel to be back out playing? Sorry, how good did it feel to be back out playing competitive sport, even if we had to play with five blokes for the whole first half? <laughs> mate, it was great to be back out there playing some sport, and you know we also got together for a kick together uh, the night before. So for the first time in a long time, we got the boys together for a kick as well. So. Um, Unfortunately, our basketball ended in a draw, thanks to a dodgy ah, foul call. On. But you know, right, right, mate, don't get technical like Russian did in round one, mate. Yeah, but, 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 but it doesn't matter. We're undefeated. Well, we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're one and one and zero. We're undefeated, mate. But 
we'll digress on that. We might mention that a bit next week. We have nothing else to talk about, but you wanted to bring something up. But I was just, uh, you know, going through my news feed the other day and I just happened to come across a video that at the start of the year, there's no way I would have expected to see this on my news feed. And that's a, a video from the Copenhagen Australian Football Club. Um, and it's just a few of them having a kick through the beautiful streets of uh, Copenhagen there. And um, yeah, it made it magnificent looking the lights there they're kicking it over the little canal and mate it was just something like i said i didn't even know they played even knew what aussie rules was over there uh, a year ago and now you know i'm coming across this kind of stuff and it's it's awesome to see so if you haven't seen that go check out their facebook page copenhagen australian football and yeah just check out a great little 45 second video but as you said, you, know, you didn't even know there was footy being played. Then they, they knew what footy was in Copenhagen uh, last year. It's it's like that for us. Like I knew America had footy going on, but I didn't know it was so big. I knew London had a little bit of footy, didn't realise it was so big. And then you, you know, South Africa, Denmark, Sweden, Colombia. Like it's just incredible that what we've what we've learnt, and you know, hopefully our by us doing this podcast has helped expose these clubs and parts around the world. And when um, international travel opens back up, there's people that didn't actually realise footy was being played in these parts go, I'm going to travel across to uh, to Amsterdam because it's the first place most people want to travel. And oh, I'm going to go pick up the body, the Eagles or the Blues or the Devils. Like, you, know, you have a kick. And what we've learned is that you're travelling to these parts of the world and go down for a kick with them. They're going to love you for it. Oh, yeah, mate. It's... Some that all you know, everyone we've spoke to, they've all uh, you know, welcomed us with open arms to get over there at some stage. But mate, I totally missed it. I on their page, they've also they got a new life member. So Eddie Mar Marin, I think his name is. He's been over there for seventeen years playing footy there. Like that's unbelievable. That you know, not only are there clubs playing footy and stuff, but there's a bloke's been able to play footy over there for 17 years. Like, that's crazy to think. He's taken home five flags in his time, mate. I might need to get across there and try and win one. But uh, speaking of going overseas, going across there, mate, I'm uh, next. There's a very, very good chance that come 2024, mate, I might be in a certain country for their nationals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah thanks to uh, thanks, thanks to my mum wanting to spend my inheritance money while we're alive, while she's alive. <laughs> Yeah, very, very good chance that uh, 2024 might I'll be overseas in America for their nationals. But anyway, mate, we better get into this one. We've got, we got a bit of a different one today. It still has that flavour of someone from overseas, but it's just still a little bit different. Yeah, well, we're, we're chatting with Rob. He uh, runs a website called footyjumpers.com. Um, he's an Aussie that happens to live over in Canada. And he's just uh, basically a lover of of Aussie rules and a bit of a historian and decided to yeah, start up this website where he has, you know, um, collected all the data, all the info about all the different jumpers, every AFL VFL club has worn and, and as you know, decided to document it all on his website and he's then expanded that out to it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Bloody everything. So mate, it's, 
pretty a bloody impressive website, and we we did come across it. We were mentioned that by the uh, boys from Kick to Kick. So, so I, I actually knew about this website from Tower fifteen years ago when it first like, back actually even earlier than that, but didn't really think anything of it. And then as I said we spoke to Kick to Kick boys, and they mentioned that he lived in Canada. I was like, well, that's up our alley. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, mate. Thought so, we do. Yeah, to to think he spent that much time, like he probably spends countless hours just researching all this stuff to make sure everything's right and accurate. And that's the thing; he he wants to make sure everything's factually correct as well. I feel like you just there went to say, I reckon he spends more time than you and me do recording podcasts. And you're like, nah, it's probably not correct. Here, pull that up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he probably does, yeah. but. But yeah, mate, he does. He, he, does. Does, he does a lot of work, and mate, I'll tell you what, it's the de- little details that he he goes through to to make sure everything's right, and the sponsors and the you know, the collars, the, the yeah, every the, little the detail of the sleeve. It's and yeah, mate, it's like when we did speak to the boys from Kick to Kick, you know, the when we brought up the historians that do this stuff. You got to do it with a lot of passion for it. And mate, he's definitely got a lot of passion for these footy jumpers and um, just making sure that all the right info is shared and, and all that. So, mate, let's get into it. We're chatting with Rob. He's from footyjumpers.com. Enjoy this one. And uh, home stretch. Week, home stretch, 98, 99, 100. Here we come. All right. So, today we'd like to welcome Rob, joining us all the way from uh, Canada. Uh, he runs a website, footyjumpers.com. Uh, thanks for joining us, Rob. Yeah, no worries at all. Pleasure. Uh, mate, we appreciate you taking the time to join us. Um, before we get into all about the website and how that came about, let's learn a bit about your playing days and how, oh, long, you, how long you played footy for and who you played for. Uh, well, I went to Essendon Grammar and I Mostly when you play for Essendon Grammar, when you go to Essendon Grammar, you have to play for Essendon Grammar. You don't get to play for anyone else. Uh, but then, um, well, for the most part, but uh, then I played for old Essendon in the amateurs. Uh, so, yeah, just a, a struggling back pocket, really. Um, probably probably would have made a coach because, you know, Sheedy and all those uh, <laughs> back pocket plumbers <laughs> ended up being uh, reasonable coaches. But, uh, yeah. That was certainly not a player. No, that's all right. But uh, yeah. so, what what number did you wear on your jumper in your playing days? Uh, originally, well, yeah, growing up, number seven, and that was because Mum gave me a list of numbers that were easy to sew, and so <laughs> number seven, being made of straight lines, was amongst the, the list. And then, uh, oh, I guess fifty-eight was probably <laughs> uh, one of the uh, when I played seniors. 58 and um, 39. So, but then thankfully someone else was selling those on. <laughs> now, very nice. I, I enjoy seeing hearing blokes that have uh, different numbers to most people. So, obviously, <laughs> you said you grew up in Eston. So, I'm going to guess you're Bomber Man. Oh, yes. Yes. Yep. He's a very yeah, smart mom, bloke, uh, this one, Rifty. Uh, yeah, I had my dad and my brother both um, worked at the club. So, dad was a property manager and my brother was a trainer. Oh, very nice. Uh, yeah, on field for the 1990 brawl, which was good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would have been good to be uh, be out there for that one. So, 
normally at this podcast, we speak to people that are involved in clubs overseas and you know, we love footy jumpers. So there's a little tie in there. But the fact that you're actually now in Canada is yeah. one of the reasons why we've got you on to have a chat with you. So um, did you, why did you head across to Canada and you know, did you get involved in Aussie rules across there when you got there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, my, well, I say I did. I was a bit old to play myself. So I had my son uh, was playing in the local competition. Uh, so I'm in Vancouver and there's a BC footy is uh, the, the competition here. They've got uh, five teams. And so my son was playing for West Coast Saints as <laughs> uh, he, because he wasn't 18 yet. Um, he actually qualified as a non-Australian. you got to have... Uh, what is it, eight, eight non-Australians and eight Australians on the ground at any one time. And if you're over 35, under 18, you can count as a non-Australian uh, and join the English, Irish, New Zealand, Canadians that are all in the same, um, in the same boat. All right, Rifty, what's this, episode 90, 96, 97, something along the lines? Yep. Just found out something for the first time. Yeah. Well, we know we, right. we knew that there was a rule about so many Australians and non-Australians that's all throughout the world. We didn't realise that um up in at least the British Columbia League that if you're over thirty five or under eighteen, you classify as a as a not non Australian yeah. or non international. Yeah. Non Australian, yes. sorry. So, so um yeah. so he'd um he'd played footy for well, he played footy at school and then um he was actually in a squad for Eastern Rangers, but Never, never like we moved to Canada before he actually played for them. So you play a little bit, and you know, at 17, he was built like a man anyway. <laughs> and um, he was, uh, well, there was a chance to go and do punching in the US, ended up going back. He actually lives in Melbourne now. So he uh played footy for a bit over here for uh, just the one season, and then um, yeah, then he went back to Melbourne for uh, university. Yeah, lovely. I'm pretty sure we've only spoken. Pretty sure Burnaby Eagles is the only club we've spoken to. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah. in sort of um, Seattle as well, since they do play up in that British Columbia League, the only clubs that we've spoken to from yeah. that league. So yeah, well, we uh, back in the very we lived here '97, '98, and Seattle was the closest team back in those days. So I actually uh, got in a car and driven to Seattle uh, for three hours to um, go to footy training one night. Which was ridiculous. It's one thing that we've uh, definitely learned to take not to take for granted is the fact that we can drive twenty minutes to our club and not halfway across the country like some oh, yeah. people have to. But um, so as I said, yeah, you're from you run the website footyjumpers.com, which is yeah. a it's an amazing uh, website for the history of footy jumpers. Um, when and how did you become so interested? in footy jumpers? Oh, I suppose I'm always interested in footy jumpers. Um, I can't remember not being interested in footy jumpers. <laughs> so, yeah, just one of those things. I don't know what it was, the, the whether it's just the colours or the um, the design of it, I'm not really sure. But, um, yeah, it's just always been a thing for, you know, drawing little footy men when I was a kid or, or whatever. And, um, yeah, it just sort of grew out of that. And then 96, the AFL had the centenary celebration games. And given that I've always been a bit of a you know, footy jumper and a bit of a history tragic, I um, 
I'd sort of knew that the Essendon jumper was wrong. It was the Essendon VFA team that was around in the 1900s. And so um, I sort of complained about that to whoever would listen. And then another mate of mine had said, well, actually the Melbourne jumper's wrong as well. They never wore it like that. And it turned out all of them were wrong. And so, yeah, it just sort of grew out of um, complaining about the AFL's treatment of the history. That makes sense. Out of curiosity, on the Essendon yeah. jumper, what's wrong about it and what should it be? I'm currently looking at one that's framed behind my bar oh, at the moment. Oh, the centenary celebration jumper? Yep. Yeah. Uh, the red red reinforcing down the middle and the red collar and cuffs. All oh, right. So that, that's basically the only difference, but it is the that was only worn by the VFA team. And Essendon's just black with a red sash. They never had the red collar cuffs or reinforcing. And that team merged with North Melbourne in 1922. And so that was, uh, you know, as far as I was concerned, that that's basically a North Melbourne precursor. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, so you, got the, you got the wrong one? No, I've got the one that I've got the least. Oh, no, I just... well, Darren Buick kicked eight in that jumper. So you exactly can't, right. Yeah, it's no real problem. But, uh, I mean, that jumper, you know, has been worn by Essendon now. But, you know, if you're trying to say it was a recreation, I mean, Geelong wore a, a mix of different styles that night as well. So, yeah, they, they were all wrong. <laughs> so in some part. Yeah. So how hard has it been for you to, you know, find all the correct jumpers and, and you know, get it all right. Well, it probably took to about from 1996 to 2004 to research, and then uh, have a, a mate of mine who runs it. Well, a bit of a plug. Uh, Hardballget.net is run by a mate of mine, Dave Eastman, and Dave has. Well, I've done. I imagine he still has the most extensive re- uh, footy record collection of anyone I've ever known. And so he went through all the, the photos of the 60s, 70s and 80s when they really started changing jumpers a lot. And um, we sort of worked through all of those and that's probably takes it to about 2007, 2008. And at that point, I was probably happy with the history of it all. Uh, but even then, I've changed a few here and there when new information's coming up. Uh, the State Library got a whole bunch of uh, photo negatives uh, from a, a bloke called Charles Boyle, or Boyles. And so uh, out of that, I sort of saw, you know, new designs and or old designs, but, um, you know, new photos of those old designs back from the 1910s, 20s and 30s. So, yeah. yeah. So I can't remember the last time I had to change anything from history, but keeping it up to date is a bit of a process. Yeah. So did you get help from any of the clubs or the club historians with, with getting the accuracy right? Yeah. Some of them have been really good. Um, I remember it was funny cause I, I remember spending a day with Russell Holmesby, the St Kilda historian. And he, I was a bit of a fanboy cause like yeah, he's, he's Russell Holmesby, you know, he's like, I was going to say, you know, he wrote the book on footy. Well, he actually did. <laughs> he wrote that book where, you know, every player that ever played, well, he actually wrote that book. <laughs> you know, this, you want to say, oh, this fella played three games for St Kilda in the 1920s. 
well, he, he's the bloke that put all that information together. Um, and so, you know, I spent it, he's got like, uh, like folders of photos from newspapers and stuff. And so I was, they, they were really good at St Kilda. Uh, Richmond have got a museum. They were really good. Essendon was pretty easy because it was basically the same jumper from about 1890. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, Collingwood was really good. So yeah, the, I was part of the Australian Football Heritage Group and that is effectively the historians for each club. And so I got a lot of help from those guys back in the day as well. So how long have you sort of spent, if you could correlate all the hours you've spent into to doing this, how many years have you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, short answer is I couldn't. Um, I, yeah, it's, it would be a very long time. Um, I mean, I'm, I was just tinkering with it again uh, this afternoon. And so I was um, trying to work out the last time the Gold Coast Suns changed their logo because now it doesn't have the sunbeams in it. So just working out, well, which year did that actually change? So it's, it's just this ongoing process. I couldn't tell you uh, how long it's taken <laughs> in hours. It's just thousands of hours. Yeah, it definitely wouldn't be uh, exactly a short amount of time, that's for sure. But so when a club changes jumper, for example, St Kilda have altered their jumper the slightest little bit with New Balance with the white middle becoming a bit smaller, which I know that you've seen. Does that annoy you or is it like, oh, I've got more work through? Does it annoy you like, oh, now I've got to go back in, change a tiny, tiny little thing about a jumper? I think... No, I don't think it annoys me. Um, what I, I, I don't say I'm pleased, but, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think it gives me the opportunity to show that I've got it right. So like what I've done, for example, with that jumper is, is taken that, put it into, I use Adobe Illustrator. Uh, so, I've, you know, cut and pasted it into my template, measured where the white stripe goes, measured where the collar goes. And now I've sort of made that ready for 2021. Um, I'll have to do the clash jumper. Then I have to do the uniforms and that's the home of the clash. Yeah. All right. So for example, that's St. Kilda jumper to put on your template. How long is that one? Does one jumper take you to do? Uh, that took me about 20 minutes, half an hour. Yeah. But then once I've done, once I've done the new, I mean, new balance was not that bad because it's basically the new balance, what Melbourne was wearing last year. So the collar turns out to be exactly the same. So now it's just the jumper, line that up and then find out how wide the white stripe is. And then it's red on one side, black on the other. Uh, the clash jumper, it actually works out that the red, white and black stripes down the middle are all the same width. And so then it's just white on the other side of that. All right. So it takes you, say, half an hour to do a St. Kilda one. Yep. Indigenous jumpers. <laughs> How long uh, they must take you a, a very long time to get them done? Very, very long time. <laughs> uh, I have made some um, with Illustrator. You can make up things like brushes and stuff. Uh, one thing I find with the indigenous jumpers is, depending on the manufacturer, they can simplify the original artwork. Because obviously, Aboriginal artwork is is made up of basic shapes in you know in complex patterns 
And so what, and then each one is made up of a unique shape. Whereas what tends to happen with a lot of the footy jumpers is you can just see that they've made a, a, a dot and then they've replicated that dot in a circle and then a, another circle, another circle. So it's a little bit what I'd call faux Aboriginal art. It's, it's like a graphic designer in Sydney's interpretation of what an Aboriginal artist has done. That's what a lot of footy jumpers end up looking like. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, there were some pretty basic ones early on, wasn't there, with the Indigenous ones, and they've got a bit more complex. And I know in you know in recent years they have, uh, you know, there's usually an Aboriginal player for for a club that's sort of got involved yeah. in the design as well. So they've exactly, they've... yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, um, I guess uh, the other one was Mitch Robinson's wife. She's done them for Carlton originally and then he moved to Brisbane and now she does, or she's been doing the Brisbane ones, but I think they, they've they actually got some of the other players involved the last couple of years. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, generally, it's a player or an ex-player or somebody that's uh, been involved in producing the art, the original artwork, and then the club then takes that and does what they do to get it to look mostly like that. Yeah. So you're also on the site, you've got every club's logo since 1976 and every yep. sponsor logo that the club's worn on their front. Uh, yep. So what made you decide to add all that into the site as well? Oh, I think, I don't know, because it was there. Uh, <laughs> because, no, well, it's, certainly the sponsors, I originally was sort of prohibited from putting the whole jumper up, the whole, like, the you know the footy jumper with the VFL logo and the sponsors logo, and uh, eventually, basically the AFL told me, look, if that makes um, intellectual property of the AFL, if you put that on there, and so we're not going to let you put that on there. And so I thought, all right, well I'll just put the sponsors on their own page, and just to have all the sponsors, because the other thing I find is people get in contact with me and say. You know, is this jumper legit? Is this actually Nicky Winmar's jumper? Is this actually a Footscray jumper from 1977? And so having the sponsors' logos on there, I was able to, uh, you know, people can look that up themselves and say, well, you know, Footscray wore a Pyrox jumper in these years and then something else in those years. So, yeah, it's just a bit, it's just another resource and it's just a, another part of footy history. I personally think it's a great idea to have all that stuff added to it. How many uh, pub trivies do you reckon or trivia nights at footy clubs have come to this website to just get a few, pull a few things for uh, for trivia? (laughs) Yes, uh, that's, yeah, I've um, had that occasionally. And occasionally I'll get contacted by people, you know, we're doing a trivia night. Do you have any interesting questions and so on? So, yeah, I get that a bit. So with, Okay, Rifty. I was going to say, or if um, somebody goes into, you know, the porn stars porn shop to hock <laughs> off a, a, you know, a Gary Ablett match worn jumper for a million dollars, they'll go, oh, I've just got to call an expert. I'll, <laughs> they'll call him Rob. <laughs> I would probably do three to five a year where somebody emails me and says, here's the photos of a jumper on eBay or whatever. Uh, is this a legit, you know, how can you tell if it's a legit jumper? 
uh, or you know, like if it's called match worn, for one thing, you know, the most recent years, it's going to have to have a GPS pocket in it. If it doesn't have a GPS pocket, most likely it's not a fair income uh, match worn uh, Guernsey. And so, you know, just basic things like that. Uh, the older jumpers are a little more difficult, but then the good thing with that is if they've got sponsors and VFL logos, they weren't really sold for the longest time. So you couldn't really get an Essendon jumper from the 1990s unless your dad was one of the property managers. <laughs> now, now, you may not... Now I keep finding stuff about you in this podcast, Shrifty. We're so far in, I'm still learning stuff about you. Actually, you know I've got a decent footy jumper collection, but I can actually tell pretty much every Essendon jumper from 93 onwards by... The uh the sponsor logo on it and the manufacturer of the jumper. I just thought I'd point that out to you. Just felt like I needed to. So on your on your site website as well, you've got the full uniform. So the you know, jumpers, the shorts, all that type of stuff. Did you always have that, or was that something that you added in down the track? Uh, I've added that in the last. I'm just thinking when I put that in, probably the last three or four years ago. Yeah probably in the last four years I put that on. And so that came from uh, a few different resources. And so uh, a couple of guys on um, the Big Footy, Footy Jumper forum, there's Big Footy. Then there's a like a sub-thread for specific to Footy Jumpers and graphic design. And so I spend some time on there amongst other things. That's a great resource for me because I don't watch nine games of footy from Canada each weekend. And then occasionally someone will say, oh, did you see that, you know, GWS wore a jumper with photographs all over it or whatever it might be. And so then I'll have to recreate those if I've missed that um, little thing. But, um, yeah, for the longest time, the AFL, well, my standing sort of thing with the AFL was we'll ignore you but don't put any intellectual property on there. Uh, But, you know, I I just, I guess at some point I just decided I was going to, go ahead with it uh, because I had the the list of in the early 2000s, the, the VFL had a bit of a policy of uh, teams that had white in their jumpers wore white shorts if they played a team with dark, like Hawthorne, Melbourne, Essendon, Richmond, clubs had no white in their uniforms. They would wear dark shorts irrespective of where they were playing. And so had a, a, a fellow sent me a spreadsheet. He just kept track of that, of all of the different shorts that everybody had been wearing. And then uh, somebody else had done a project on finals because back in the, oh, wow, the 30s, 40s, 50s and 60s, it wasn't necessarily the home team that wore dark shorts in a final. And for whatever reason, this fellow had done research on is it an advantage to wear dark shorts over white shorts, even if you're the lower-ranked team, and he gave me all of that research. And so far, I've found it to be accurate. Every time I look up a 1963 final, he's got it right. You know, the team that finished third played the team that finished fourth, but for whatever reason, fourth wore dark shorts at the MCG. And so, yes, I've got – so I was able then to track um, every game, and, I mean, pretty easy from – the twenties to the seventies when everybody just wore dark black shorts at home, white shorts away. But uh, after that, 
then coloured shorts came in and some teams wore coloured shorts for part of a season like Richmond did. And, um, yeah, that's where it's gone to. Well, I, both you, Rob, and you, Rifty, what are your thoughts? Do you like the home team being coloured shorts and the away team being white shorts? Do you like how they've sort of gone back to now, you know, Geelong, for example, where white shorts majority of the time because of their strip, even if they're at home. Personally, I like it how we do it. Coloured shorts are home, white shorts are away. Uh, I, I'm probably more, well, funnily enough, I'm focused on the footy jumpers. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so I'm happy for Geelong to wear white shorts if it's more, because they're going to wear their Geelong jumpers. But if that means that, I don't know, Port Adelaide aren't going to look stupid wearing black, um, you know, if Port Adelaide play them and they're wearing black and black shorts and Geelong have got, because their jumper is mostly white, um, you know, I think it makes it easier to see the dark team versus the light team. And, I mean, Geelong's now the only club with a mostly white jumper. Like, used to be North Melbourne and them. And then North changed a couple of years ago to mostly royal blue with white shorts, uh, white stripes. And so, yeah, I mean, if they want to change their jumper to have a mostly navy blue with white hoops, which I think they've got as a clash jumper, but they've never used. Uh, so, yeah, for me, I'm happy with them wearing white shorts as long as everybody's more likely to wear their home jumpers. Yeah, I don't mind the colour schemes matching a bit. I, I Home and away doesn't really bother me. I like, you know, if, if the Blues are playing against Collingwood, I'm happy to see the Blue Boys wear the navy blue and Collingwood wear their white shorts home or away. I don't All mind right, Now, Archers is a club present. If will to be set up like that, so you just you pick the shorts that work best in your jumper, would you rather that or just blue for home and white for away? You know, like if, if we were playing a club that, the sort of us wearing away white shorts clashes with their jumper. I'd rather wear the blue shorts. Yeah, I don't... I'm, I'm going to re- rephrase my question. Would you want it to be that way with the blokes? Blokes don't even know which shorts to bring to a home game, <laughs> let alone what shorts to bring if the bloody... That's why, all right, for the whole time I've played, I always have my blue and my white shorts in my bag. It's not that hard. You just bring both and you, you can never be wrong. Yeah, but that, <laughs> that just means that you've got to wash your stuff the week before. <laughs> mate, just be prepared. It's all right. But, mate, I also noticed on your site, well, you've done enough work with all the footy jumpers, but then you've decided to add Melbourne Cup silks in there as yeah. well. Um, well. What did you add that in? Well, um, well, growing up, well, geez, I'll take a step back. When I was four, I used to go down to my grandparents' place you know, mum used to go to work and I used to go to kinder and so on. And my grandparents live right near Flemington Racecourse. So, um, yeah, we used to go for a walk and we'd, we'd walk around Flemington Racetrack and so on. And so horse race, and I, I made up my own poster of all the Melbourne Cup winners and drew it with textures and stuff, you know, of all the Cup winners. And, and that's always just been an interest of mine. And um, I'd done, I'd kept some of the horse racing colours and I thought, oh, I'll just put it on my website and if I, even if I'm the only one who looks at it, um, it'll be there. And then um, because I'd done a few of the Melbourne Cup silks for, you know, different years, 
because I've got like the every field, uh, like all the horses in the, the Melbourne Cup field. Um, I then worked with the uh, VRC and they sent me a whole bunch of race books from um, all the different Melbourne Cups. And so I had all the information there. So I just put it, put it together and put it on the website. So I go basically every year from 1900 to now, I've got all of the all of the runners in that Melbourne Cup, I've got all of their colours. Oh, so has it has it the colours, you know, put any influence on the bet you place for a Melbourne Cup? Like is there a, a most winning colour or something? Uh probably not, although if, <laughs> if you went with navy blue with white armbands, you'd probably be going all right recently. So <laughs> Lloyd Williams, the poor bloke, tends to win a few. Um but uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have a look at it myself. But yeah, I mean, basically, it's it's a wealthy man's sport, isn't it? And um, the uh, the most recent winners, what Lloyd Williams has won three of the last five, and the other one was um, uh, what's his names? Um, anyway, Royal Blue. It's it's pretty amazing how one organisation is telling you don't put up any of our property. We don't want you to put anything up. And another uh, organization is going, here, mate, do what you want to do. Help, you know, do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first organization, amongst other things, sold the the rights to that, to Telstra, to run their website. So they've, they've sold the rock. Because, okay, so the Essendon logo, which I noticed in the background in your, in your room there, um, the Essendon logo belongs to the AFL doesn't belong to the Essen Football Club. The black and red, when associated with the name Essendon, belongs to the AFL. Um, you know, they own the intellectual property around... Effectively, they own the, the intellectual property around the name Essendon as long as it's related to black and red and in conjunction with Bombers. And so they've sold the rights to the internet promotion of that to whoever runs their website. Rightly or wrongly, but um, yeah. So I think it 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 impacts their ability to promote their own game, be, but because realistically the fans of the game do a better job of promoting the game than they do, but they've sold that. <laughs> so what? Yeah, they're stuck with who they've got. That's quite interesting. Never actually knew that. I knew that obviously the AFL would have would own the rights to. You know, the, the logo and all that type of stuff. I didn't realise that was then sort of on sold to whoever's, well, it's owned by whoever's running the website. Well, it's not, I, yeah, I don't mean it to mean it's on sold. I mean, yeah, the, I rephrased by I, what I said because, yeah, it's now. Yeah, right, put it online. The online presence of that, like Essendon, for example, they had their own website for many years and they had to pay the AFL to use their own lo- logos to put on their own website. It's just ridiculous, and so eventually they just they just weren't making enough money out of the advertising and the, the promotions that they would run through that website, and they just said, "Well, let's just get Telstra to run it." I mean, I, I imagine Telstra still run it. Somebody still runs it. Well, I but do that's know that. I do know that the uh, the start of the season, actually halfway through the season, there was a lot of uproar about the way they remapped. The AFL website apparently was an absolute shambles. Personally, I don't visit it myself, but apparently it was an absolute 
know, the thing that you go to on the AFL website is check scores of games. That was through a handful. You had to go to a handful of different places to even get to the games. Um, but you've also got on there, uh, for example, the waffle um, yep. jumpers. What you know made you sort of do the Western Australian ones? And is there any other clubs that you currently, like any other leagues around Australia that you're currently working yeah, on getting all the jumpers on? Yeah, so um, did that in conjunction with a fellow that uh, did, he did the research for the West Australian League. He said, oh, I've come up with the same idea for the West Australian League. Uh, would you like to use my research? And I was like, yeah, no worries at all. And so same thing, I had to sort of check that his research was accurate. And so I had to go through old newspapers and things like that, but realistically it was. And then most recently I've been developing, I'm working with the South Australian National League and I would hope to have that, well, I mean, I say I hope to have it by the middle of next year uh, where I have all of that finished. Um, there's actually pages on the website, but they're sort of hidden. Uh, realistically, if you went to the, um, the waffle page, it's footyjumpers.com slash waffle.htm. If you change that to sample.htm, it'll actually show you the um, what I've got so far on the South Australian League. And that's um, the original Adelaide team, the Adelaide Crows, Bankers, Central Districts, Gawler. I haven't done Glenelg, Kapunda, North, Norwood, Port, which is basically the old the Port Adelaide from the other page. Prince Alfred, haven't done South Adelaide, South Park, Sturt, uh, Victorian, haven't done West Adelaide, Torrens, Wollonga, Woodville, and Woodville West Torrens. So that's what's on there now. And in some cases, I've finished that research working with their local historians. But because I haven't finished South Adelaide, for example, what I know is going to happen is I'll get emails from people how come you haven't done South Adelaide? You've done West Torrens. You've done... And so it started when I did the West Australian League and I was like, why didn't you do the South Australian League? You should have done this, this and this. So, yeah, I will get there eventually, but just not yet. Uh, but, yeah, some of the West... Some of the, um, some of the South Australian teams are up there already. Well, as you said, it, it takes a fair chunk of time, or well, half an hour to oh. do one just to make it, let alone research yeah. and all that type of stuff and yeah and you know it's it's well the research takes forever you know like um central districts you know central districts they wore that white jumper you know i, I mean to me it's john platten right john platten in a white jumper with a red and blue stripe and footscray wore it in a night series and you go well that, that was a central districts jumper well what year did they start wearing it what year did they finish wearing it um, what did the number look like on the back? Was it just white with a blue number? Did they have a blue number panel like Footscray did with a white number? All that stuff uh, is, you know, I have to work out which years did they wear it? Which years did they stop wearing it? When did they start wearing the next one? What did that look like? It, it's, yeah, it's all the research. Just, I, like, I'm just looking at the central districts, districts one down. It's like they're all so similar, but it's as simple as, you know, I think from the looks of it, from the 2014 to 2016 one, just the logo on the jumper changed the slightest. Like yeah. it's just, that's oh, incredible to have to go through that much. You know, to be that thorough with your research is, is incredible. 
Well, the thing with that is, I mean, and the thing is when somebody comes up with a central districts jumper and says, well, this one's not on your website, what's this? I then have to say, well, you know, I want to be able to say that this is correct. And so um, a mate of mine, Chris Donald, he wrote a great name for a book for the love of the jumper. It was a history of Fitzroy. And he said, you know, the thing with this is you've got to, you've got to be right because if you're not, you know, because it's either reliable or it isn't. And if it's not reliable, well, no one cares. But if it is going to be reliable, it needs to be fact. Because, I mean, amongst other things, you know, the AFL have used my site. I know back when we had Heritage Round, you know, they were sort of coming to me to say, well, this is what the jumper needs to look like. Um, and I know the, the one example I've got there is Footscray, where I said, look, the, you know, the collar on the jumper was red but then the neck of the jumper was white. And so they ended up making a collar, which was red on the top and white on the bottom. No actual, you know, collar, but just the neck of the jumper was red at the top, white at the bottom. Uh, effectively, because I said so. <laughs> they misinterpreted what I said, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's I was... I was really happy with that. <laughs> Have you had any clubs from, you know, around the world, for example, reach out and go, oh, yeah, like maybe USAFL or AFL London and go, hey, have you ever thought about doing you know, clubs from, you know, from this area of the town, area of the, the world? Uh, well, I've done a project for, like, just as a guy who can do footy jumpers, I did a project for the Eastern Footy League a few years ago. And... Um, it, sometimes if you see the Eastern Footy League, they'll have, you know, like the media guy or they'll have the president and he's standing in front of a, a backdrop and it's all the footy jumpers. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I noticed it because I did the footy jumpers and um, they actually paid me money to, to put that together. So that was nice. Uh, but, yeah, realistically, I haven't done anything like, you know, the Southern League, um, Essendon Districts or anything like Actually, I did the Essendon Districts just for my own interest, because um, my, well, dad, had, uh, before he went to Essendon, he was involved with the Essendon District League for a bit, and then my uncle was involved with it as well. So and that was my local footy league. So, uh, yeah, so I sort of made those jumpers just for myself. Yeah, nice. So you, you obviously spend a fair bit of time looking at jumpers, and you've, you've done a, a fantastic job with this website, but... What's what's the favourite jumper that you've uh, come across, and you know, is it a, one of the Essendon ones, or what? You know, what's a jumper that just really stands out to you? Uh, probably the, the I'd say the Footscray jumper actually, and I was really pleased because you know most of my growing up, the Footscray jumper was the colour TV version with the red with the white band on the other side of it, and I was sort of. Um, well, I've done a, a history night for Footscray when they were uh, launching their um, Hall of Fame, which is now a thing. And, you know, people volunteer there and they were trying to get people interested in the fact that they were going to have a Hall of Fame. And so I did a night where I sort of presented all the different Footscray jumpers from history. And I, at the time, said, you know, there's two jumpers that really stand out. There was one which... Because uh, Footscray generally has a, what would you call, a reputation for not being successful. You know, yeah, they've won a flag recently, but back in those days, they'd only won one in 54 
no one really remembered it. Uh, so there was one where they, the 1898, 99, 1900, I think it is, they won, they wore a red jumper with a red, white, and blue sash, and they won the premiership every year they won, they wore that jumper, the VFA premiership. But, you know, they won, I think they've won eight VFA premierships, Footscray. So, so I like that jumper just for the history of it. And back in the time when there were heritage rounds, that would have been a great jumper and a great story to tell that every year they wore this jumper was a premiership year. But the the Footscray jumper that they ended up going back to is probably the, it's the most basic. It's got a great story around it, which is uh, at the end of the, well, the 1901 season, they had this competition uh, and there was a big competition in the Footscray area. All these people entered and it turned out that they chose a design that they had already and that none of the people won the competition. Nobody won the prize. The board had already decided. It's like something's changed. Some stay the same. You know, <laughs> it's just so much like a footy club today that that's exactly what they do now. And, uh, you know, they just go with the one that they wanted in the first place. And, but I, I just like that simple blue with a red and a white band to me, that's, um, it's the sort of thing your nana could knit, so it's perfect for a footy jumper. Yeah, I've always been a quite a big fan of the uh, Western Bulldogs jumper, and it does help that they've got some bloody good colours, Rifty. Yeah, well, <laughs> we are pretty impartial to a red, white, and blue. So, All right, so you've got your favourite jumper. What's the ugliest jumper? Oh, gee. Uh, well, Puma used to set the standard for it. There was the, uh, the West Coast away jumper from the 2000s where... Orange fades to yellow, fades to light blue. Yeah. Oh, that was, a, we- that was a weird one. Yeah. Hawthorne have had a couple. Hawthorne, I mean, they started with that, the diamond one, but their clash jumpers recently have just been hideous. You know, that, um, the Power Rangers, which was, I mean, that's another thing that happens with footy jumpers. I find that these designers are really just using templates from from overseas soccer jerseys. So like that Power Rangers is basically a Chelsea third kit from the EPL. Obviously coloured in Hawthorne's colours because Chelsea had it in, you know, blue and black and something else. But um, yeah, that's just a shocker. Uh, their diamond ones are just disastrous. And the other thing I don't really like is where one colour fades to another colour for no real reason. So the Brisbane Lions had a, a clash jumper. I'm going to look it up because I can't remember the years. 07, 08, Brisbane's clash jumper, which basically looks like the, you know, used sheets from a nursing home. It's, it fades to this horrible yellow colour. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's sort, it sort of looks a bit like a bit like a piss stain almost in a yeah, <laughs> with, I was trying I was trying not to be rude. But we had um we had the boys from the Kick to Kick podcast on our show not long ago and that was one of the they actually recommended we get in touch with you to jump on because they do use you a fair bit. And I'm not too sure it was who it was, but one of them boys said that, that Hawthorne diamond jumper was the worst ugliest jumper they'd seen as well. And it um yeah. It stuck out so much that as soon as he said Hawthorne, it was a pre-season jumper. Before he even put it in the chat, I knew exactly which jumper he was talking about. And <laughs> it's just, 
it's a baffling. It's a, it's just a baffling decision why you'd even go for that one. So well, it's navy blue for a start. Like it's yeah. not even Hawthorne's colours. <laughs> Just trying to be a little bit over the top with it. How about the strangest jumper? Has there just been one jumper that you've just looked at, like maybe the Power Rangers jumper that you looked at and go, that is just a weird, weird jumper for that club? Uh, yeah, gee, that's a good question. Uh, the strangest jumper? Well, Richmond Richmond tend to do that with their pre-season jumpers recently or what ends up being their training jumpers. They, they annoy me. Like, yeah, the – okay, so – 2012 to 15, they had their their logo, but then the like there was all this weird stripy thing with grey and yellow, gold. It was just just a mess. I mean, it's not necessarily hideous, but it's it's just weird looking. It just yeah. doesn't look actually. You know what? No, I can give you the worst, and that is the Captain America. Whatever is Captain America, Thor. Footscray's. Oh, West, yes, West the West Thor one. Dogs. Yes, because of um, uh, Hemsworth being... Stadium, Thor jumper. I mean, that's a Halloween costume. That's not a footy jumper. I do remember that, that's... and there was a bit of... Yeah. I'm not too sure there was... There was a bit of a people bit like, why? And other people like, oh, what well, makes sense? And it's just... Yeah, it's, it's pretty much like to say that Hemsworth wasn't a Western Bulldogs fan. It never would have happened. <laughs> yeah, probably right. But probably yeah, that's right. a... But, I actually completely yeah. forgot about that jumper, and that is oh, yeah. that is that is bad. It's odd. <laughs> it's hideous. But rugby league have been doing that for for a few years now, doing the uh, Marvel. Yeah, ones. exactly. And that's I, I don't know. I I'm, well, I don't really follow rugby league, but yeah, they they I noticed that they have. I don't I don't follow it too closely either. But whenever they come up, I'm like, yeah, that's a it's a very very weird crossover. Yeah, and it, it, I don't know, it just makes no sense. Like, it's, as I say, it's its not a footy jumper. It's a Halloween costume for kids to wear and go on for from the from the movie. Um, you know, blokes running around trying to get a kick just never made any sense at all. Yeah, it was a, an odd one, that's for sure. Um, are, are there any jumpers that, you sort of wish would come back that, you know, you wish clubs would revert back to or, and, you know, designs that you're, you liked and you wish they'd uh, just simplify things a bit and go back to it. Yeah. Look, I think if anything, clubs have actually done that. Like Footscray went back to Bulldogs, went back to that Footscray, you know, Teddy Whitten looking jumper that they wear today. West coast went back to, the 1990s wings sort of design away from the, the tri-panel looking thing. Um, even Carlton put their old monogram back on their jumper. So I think in a lot of cases that sort of happened. I mean, not that I was going to have any input into it anyway, but, you know, anything that I had thought of, you know, oh, it'd be nice if they brought this one back. Well, they've sort of already have. <laughs> I feel like it's something in the world of sport. Like, you know, I'm a big soccer fan and over the last couple of years, Arsenal have sort of brought back uh, cuts and whatnot. They're older kids, like a bit of, you know, fashion, you know, fanciness to it, but they're bringing back the old style. And I feel like that's the way the world is going at the moment. Is it, we hear the point and it's like, okay, that's now nostalgic. Let's bring it back in, sell some stuff. And then in, you know, say, 15 years, we might see go back to what we were seeing five years ago with clubs. Go, okay, that was nostalgic for that period. 
let's bring that back in. But um, yeah. before you know, we do want to thank you for joining us and really appreciate your time. Before we get going, where can people check out your website and get in contact with you? If they they need help with anything or you know, ask yeah, you to appraise a jumper for them. Yep, no worries at all. Okay, so uh, well, footyjumpers.com is the website. Uh, I'm on Twitter at footyjumpers, and Mero at footyjumpers.com is my email address. Uh, M E R O. Um, which is a nickname Danny Seagal gave me in grade four at school. <laughs> Danny Seagal played for Collingwood and Melbourne, and uh, yeah, he, he was the first bloke to sort of welcome me to school. But uh, yeah, so that, that's probably the, the easiest ways. I've got an Instagram account, but realistically, I can't really take all that many photos of footy jumpers over here. So it's best. <laughs> I mostly just spend time looking at it. Actually, that's been really good because people put photos of match-worn jumpers and then I can match that against my um, my drawing to see how close I was. I like to think I'm reasonably close <laughs> uh, for most of them. But, uh, yeah, but that's probably the best ways to reach out. And happy to look at jumpers and, yeah, Jim and I, Jim and What do you reckon, Rifty? After we do our next uh, best jump in the world, we send them all across to him, let him pick which, you know, rank them how he feels like they're the best jumpers. <laughs> yeah, mate, we have to get him involved somehow. But hey, thanks heaps for joining us. Um, we will make nice. sure we share the link to the website. And also, I noticed you've got a couple posters that can be purchased on a Red Bubble store. So, we'll, uh, yeah, if anyone wants to check out, you've got the Kentucky Derby uh, silks as well as the Melbourne Cup and the VFL, AFL premieres, uh, all in posters. So, uh, I can also, I've also been doing um, coffee mugs. Like if, make a footy jumper out of a coffee mug, and uh, if anybody's interested, I do custom ones. I've, it's pretty cool. I did uh, some for the Mullane family, like Sean Mullane. I uh, did some of you know Darren Mullane's footy jumper, and um, yeah. So and and if anybody, I'll do even local jumpers. Made one. Uh, my dad was team manager at Marucci Roos up in Queensland, and so I made a you know just a Marucci door footy jumper for him. And, with his name on it. So, yeah, I do that sort of stuff just because I've already got all the footy jumper templates. <laughs> it's not hard to transfer them over. But, uh, yeah, anybody wants a Christmas present for their dad and they don't know what to get him, I can uh, make a coffee mug for him. Yeah, nice. We'll have to make sure Kelly hears this so Ed uh, Dog can get a, a mug or if you do, you know, um, beer glasses or something, that might yeah, be about, yeah, about you and me, Riff, you're still with Chris Kingle. I get you one, you get me one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, nice. Uh, mate, thanks heaps for joining us. We do have to run. Sorry to sorry to push you out the door. But, um, yeah, we'll uh, make sure everyone checks out the site. And, um, mate, enjoy uh, staying up to date with all the latest jumpers. Hopefully they don't bring out any more terrible ones for you. <laughs> no, I'm they going they to. Will. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they do. <laughs> but that's all right. I'll, uh, I'll find a way. Uh, awesome, mate. Thanks yeah. for your time. Thanks, Rob. No worries at all. Good on you. Thanks, guys. Catch you later. Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info. 
because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra Cast with the present VP.